0: evidence and answers. The late Mormon president, Gordon Hinckley, stated, The crown of the gospel of Jesus Christ is upon our head. In this dispensation, the Lord has declared that this church, the Mormon church, is the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth. Are the teachings of Mormonism consistent with biblical teachings? How close or how wide is the divide between Mormonism and biblical Christianity? You are listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Dr. Pat Zugrin. Pat is an author, scholar, and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Join Pat today as he gives a brief overview of the major differences between Mormonism and Christianity, and you decide whether the doctrines of Mormonism are consistent with biblical teachings or if the differences are significantly great. This message and Pat's articles on Mormonism are available at evidenceandanswers.org. Let's join Pat now as he speaks on Mormonism and
1: Christianity. How wide is the divide? Well, as we begin, let me read a passage from the words of Christ here. he said in Matthew chapter 7, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits... Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased trees bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear good fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Let's pray. Father, as we study Mormonism today, give us insights and also a burden to reach those Father, who are in these kinds of organizations, help and give us discernment between truth and error according to your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus stated as a warning to all of us as we get closer to his return, there will be a rise and an intensity in the rise of false. Teachings, And he describes false teachers as wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, they're going to be presenting a counterfeit gospel message that's going to sound and look a lot like biblical Christianity. But indeed, it's a destructive and dangerous kind of doctrine and gospel message. And there'll be a greater increase as we near the return of Jesus Christ. And he says, By their fruit, you will recognize them, not only their lifestyle and their works, but the fruit of their teaching, their doctrine. And he said, This is how you're going to recognize the true and false teachers. And once several years ago, I was at a wedding, and a wonderful couple sat next to me, and we started a conversation going. And James asked me, He said, So what do you do for a living? And I didn't want to tell him, why I'm in ministry, because sometimes that turns people off. So I said, well, I'm a writer, a speaker, uh, I host a radio show. And he said, oh, well, what kind of radio show? And I said, well, it's in a realm that a lot of people aren't familiar with. It's called Christian apologetics. And he jumped on me. He was like, oh my God, oh my God. He goes, you are doing everything I want to do. I'm going to Southern Methodist University and I'm getting a master's and a PhD in Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith, everything you're doing. And he turned to his wife and goes, honey, honey, this man does everything that I'm going to do. And I mean, he was just standing up so excited. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never gotten this response before. And he was, you know, he was just so excited. And I said, whoa, you know, after he sat down and calmed down, he goes, man, you got to tell me everything that you do. And I said, Well, brother, what church do you go to? He goes, I go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm part of the Mormon church. And I sat there and I said, Okay, you know, and I thought to myself, this is gonna be a very interesting conversation. And we started talking a little bit, and he looked at me and he said, I know a lot of guys in apologetics don't think we're Christians. Do you think Mormonism is Christian or a cult? And you know, the Mormon church today is one of the largest religious organizations originating from the United States. Today, there are over 11 million members, more than half of whom live outside the United States. In fact, the largest growth of Mormonism today comes from outside the United States. Over 60,000 missionaries operating in over 160 countries. The church has published more than 100 million copies of the Book of Mormon in over 90 different languages, more than over 100 temples, worldwide, and they're a tremendously powerfully influential organization. Their influence can be seen in the financial realm. If they were a for-profit organization, they would end up in the Fortune 500. That's how much economic wealth this organization contains. Their influence can be seen in the Olympics, the Winter Olympics that were hosted in Salt Lake City. And their influence is also seen in politics and government. For in the last several elections, the top presidential candidates have been members of the Mormon Church. And this year is no exception. Two of the top candidates are elders in the Mormon Church. Now, the Mormon Church claims to be a Christian church. They state that their teachings are consistent with the Bible and that Latter-day Revelation continues to be given by their prophet. Well, are they another Christian denomination as they claim? There's a lot of confusion amongst Christians. Pastor Joel Osteen of the megachurch there in Houston, 30,000-member church, stated that he believes Mormons are Christians. In a recent interview, he says it may not be the purest form of Christianity, but Mormons believe in Jesus Christ. That's a core doctrine of the Christian faith, and so they should be considered another Christian denomination. Well, should we embrace our Mormon friends and family members as brothers and sisters in Christ? Is the Mormon church another Christian denomination? Well, let's take a look at just three key doctrines here. The nature of God, the nature of Christ, and the doctrine of salvation. We're just going to look at those three key doctrines and see if Mormonism, uh, Mormon teaching, is consistent with what the Bible teaches. Well, first, let me give you a brief history of the Mormon church. The founder is Joseph Smith, born in 1805, and as a young boy, he would retreat into the woods to pray. And in 1820, at the age of 14, he claims to have received a visitation from God the Father and Jesus Christ. The Father and Jesus appeared and told him that all churches were corrupt and apostate, and he must not join any of them. In 1823, he received a visit from Moroni, son of the Mormon historian, former leader of the Nephite people, who told him where gold plates are buried in the hills of Cumorah, New York. The golden plates told the story of the Jewish Nephite and Lamanite people who journeyed from Israel to the Americas and lived in great civilizations throughout the United States and South America. In 1830, guided by Moroni, Joseph Smith translated these golden plates into the Book of Mormon. From 1825 to his death, Joseph Smith received many revelations from Moroni. John the Baptist, the Apostle John and others, which became part of their sacred works, along with the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. Now, when Joseph Smith began preaching, he denounced all churches as apostate. But today, the Mormon Church has changed their strategy. Today, they're doing everything they can to present themselves as another Christian denomination. Former President Gordon Hinckley, in an interview with Larry King, stated this, The crown of the gospel of Jesus Christ is upon our head. In this dispensation, the Lord has declared that this church, the Mormon church, is the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth. Mormon apologist and theologian, Bruce R. McConkie, in his work Mormon Doctrine, is a key theological work in the Mormon church. This is a great book to pick up. You can get it online or if you see it in the used bookstore, great resource if you want to understand Mormon theology. Bruce McConkie stated this, Mormonism is Christianity. Christianity is Mormonism. They are one and the same and they are not to be distinguished from each other in the minutest detail mormons are true christians their worship is the pure unadulterated christianity authored by christ and accepted by peter james john and all of the ancient saints well is mormonism christianity are they indeed one in the same well let's take a brief look at the three key doctrines and compare it with biblical teachings and let's see if mormonism matches up with the bible when it comes to the nature of God, the Bible teaches that clearly there is only one God, eternal, all-powerful, creator of all things. Second Samuel states, Therefore thou art God, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any besides thee. There is only one God who created all things. There are no others like him. He is the creator and sustainer of all things. Isaiah 45, 12. It is I who made the earth and created mankind upon it. My own hand stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their starry hosts. God is eternal. He has no beginning, no end. God was always God. There never was a time when God was not God. Psalm 90. Before the mountains were born, you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. God is eternal. He's always been God. There never was a time where He was not God. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. Psalm 93. God is eternal. God is unchanging. He's not growing. He's not learning things. He knows all. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. Psalm 102. Now, These doctrines may seem basic to you, but it's key to understanding as we look at the doctrine of Mormonism and the teachings of Mormon theology. And we believe that there is one God revealed in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three gods who make up a Godhead. It's one God revealed in three distinct persons. It's called the doctrine of the Trinity. And we see the Trinitarian formula throughout the New Testament. For example, in the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, one name, singular, showing one in nature of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. A definite article before each person showing a distinction of person. So one in name, one nature, three in person, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the unique divine Son of God. There's no other like Jesus Christ. He is God's one and only Son. And Jesus Christ has always been the divine Son of God. He's always been God. There's never been a time where Jesus did not exist. There never was a time where He was not the divine Son of God. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, the Word already was in the beginning, the Word did not come to be. The Word already existed. From eternity past, the Word was already there. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. There's only one divine Son of God. There are no others like Him. And finally, salvation is a gift of grace, received by faith, not earned by good works. Ephesians 2, 89, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. So those are the basic three doctrines taught there in biblical Christianity. Well, how does Mormonism match up in those three basic areas? Well, let's take a look. When it comes to the doctrine of God, Mormonism teaches polytheism, that there are many gods like the God of this earth. In fact, according to Mormon teaching, the universe is made up of many gods like God the Father Who were once men, like you and I, who through their good works attain exaltation unto godhood. Mormon apologist and theologian Bruce R. McConkie writes in his work, Mormon Doctrine, a plurality of gods exist. There is an infinite number of holy personages drawn from worlds without number who have passed on to exaltation and are thus gods. So in Mormonism, there's an infinite number of gods ruling planets throughout the universe like ours. These were once men who through their exemplary life attain exaltation unto godhood, and it is the hope of every Mormon man to do so as well. In their inspired work, The Pearl of Great Price, Joseph Smith retells the creation story in chapters 4 to 5. He mentions over 50 times that there is a plurality of gods. And they, the gods, said, let there be light, and there was light. And they, the gods, said, on and on. Now, Mormons will tell you, well, we're monotheists because we only worship one God. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. Well, actually, more accurately, they're henotheists. All right? Henotheism is a form of polytheism that says we believe in many gods... But the focus of our worship is just on one set of gods here upon this earth. So technically they're henotheists, but they believe in the existence of many gods, that God was once a man who through his exemplary life attained exaltation to godhood. God was once a man. The fifth president, Lorenzo Snow, made a famous statement. He said, as man now is, God once was. As God now is, man may become. The Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 130, states this. God is a glorified and perfected man, a personage of flesh and bones. The gospel through the ages, this is a basic theology workbook that all Mormons as they prepare for their mission or to enter the temple go through this book. So they're familiar with this book. It says this, God and man are of the same race, differing only in their degrees of advancement. God and man are of the same race. Brigham Young, the second president of Mormonism, founder of Brigham Young University, states this, that God the Father was once a man on another planet who passed through the ordeal we are passing through. See, God was a man like you and I on another planet who went through the same things we went through but because of his exemplary life attained exaltation unto Godhood. Joseph Smith writes this God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heavens I'm going to tell you how God came to be God we have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see he was once a man like us yea that God himself the father dwelt on an earth the same as Jesus Christ himself did that's the teachings of their founder Joseph Smith Bruce R. McConkey writes this, Man and God are of the same race and is within the power of righteous man to become like his father. That is to become a holy man, a man of holiness. God was once a man who through his good life attained exaltation unto godhood. And it is the hope of every Mormon man to do so as well. Mormonism teaches the false trinity. Actually, it's a tritheism. Mormonism teaches that there are three gods who rule over our planet, who make up the Godhead. The trinity teaches there's only one God revealed in three distinct persons. Mormonism teaches tritheism, three gods who make up the council of the Godhead of this earth. Once again, Bruce R. McConkie in Mormon Doctrine writes, Three separate personages, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, comprise the Godhead. As each of these persons is a God, it is evident from this standpoint alone that a plurality of gods exists. To us speaking in the proper finite sense, these three are the only gods we worship. But in addition, there is an infinite number of holy personages drawn from worlds without number who have passed on to exaltation and are thus gods. Joseph Smith stated this, Many men say there is one God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are only one God. I say that is the strange God anyhow, three in one and one in three. All are to be crammed into one God according to secretarianism. It would make the biggest God in all the world. He would be a wonderfully big God. He would be a giant or a monster. So Joseph Smith clearly rejected the biblical doctrine of the Trinity. God has a body of flesh and bones. So if you went up to heaven now, you could give God a big hug. Doctrine and Covenants chapter 30 states this, God is a glorified and perfected man, a personage of flesh and bones. Inside his tangible body is an eternal spirit. And you'll see later why God must have a physical body of flesh and bones. And one of the most bizarre teachings in Mormonism is that God is a sexual polygamist. God dwells on another planet with his wife or many wives producing spirit children who await physical bodies to inhabit so that they can also make their journey unto Godhood as well. The Doctrine and Covenants chapter 132 says, If a man marry a wife by my word, ye shall come forth in the first resurrection and if it be after the first resurrection, in the next resurrection, and shall inherit thrones, kingdoms, principalities, then they shall be gods, because they have no end. This is the hope of every Mormon man, that through his exemplary life and the day of resurrection, he will attain exaltation unto Godhood, and he shall call forth his wife, and he, along with his wife and other wives, shall rule another planet and they shall populate their planet as this earth was populated so that their spirit children can make the journey to godhood as well. So it is the duty of every Mormon woman to produce as many children as she can in this life because there's thousands of spirit children out there waiting for physical bodies to inhabit so they can make the journey to godhood. And at the resurrection, it is her hope that her husband attains exaltation to godhood and calls her from the grave and it is her goal to be eternally pregnant producing spirit children to populate the new planet. Bruce McConkie, Mormon theologian writes this, an exalted and glorified man of holiness could not be a father unless a woman of like glory, perfection and holiness was associated with him as a mother. The beginning of children makes a man a father and a woman a mother, whether we are dealing with man in his mortal or immortal state." James Talmadge, one of the early apostles of the Mormon Church, wrote one of the most authoritative and well-known theological works of the Mormon Church, The Articles of Faith. and He says this, We are to understand that only resurrected and glorified beings can become parents of spirit offspring. And the spirits born to them in the eternal worlds will pass in due sequence through the several stages or states by which the glorified parents have attained exaltation. Now I'm giving you a lot of quotes because a lot of Christians will look at me and say, this is not true, where'd you get this from? No, I have Mormon friends, they don't believe these things. Well, read them, these quotes that I just gave you and uh, discover what they'll say. There's clear difference between the God of Mormonism and the God of the Bible. In Mormonism, it teaches there are many gods, that God was once a man through His good life attained exaltation unto Godhood. God is a body of flesh and bones, that God is married to a wife or many wives, producing spirit babies to populate a new planet. What does the Bible teach? Well, Isaiah 44:6. Thus says the Lord God, the King of Israel, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, There is no God. What about the Mormon doctrine of Jesus? According to Mormon teachings, Jesus before the incarnation was the first spirit child born to the heavenly father Elohim and one of his spirit wives. Satan is the brother of Jesus and all human beings, we were all also offspring of God the Father and one of His wives. And so we are all brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. That's why Mormons will refer to Jesus as their elder brother. In their book, Gospel Through the Ages, it states, Jesus was man's spiritual brother, but became God equal to the Father after His death, ascension, and exaltation. Once again, from the Gospel Principles, every person who was ever born on earth was our spirit brother or sister in heaven. The first spirit born to our heavenly parents was Jesus Christ. So we are of the same nature, not only as God the Father, but as of Jesus Christ as well. And as Jesus lived an exemplary life and attained exaltation unto Godhood, we may also do the same. And one of the most complex and strange doctrines is the incarnation of jesus christ according to mormon teaching god the father came down inhabited a physical body had sexual relations with mary to produce the physical body for jesus christ now mormon doctrine Bruce R. McConkey writes, Christ was begotten by immortal father in the same way that mortal men are begotten by mortal fathers. Now that's one of the difficulties of this doctrine is this. If Mary is the spirit child of God the Father and God the Father comes down physically and has sexual relations with Mary, what does that make it? A very uncomfortable doctrine Therefore, Mormonism. Well, as you can see, the Mormon Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. In Mormonism, Jesus is a created being. There was a time he did not exist. He's the firstborn son of God the Father and one of his wives. That Jesus, through his good life, became a God, attained exaltation unto godhood. And every person, including Satan, is the spirit brother of Jesus. Well, what does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that in the beginning was the Word. At the origin, at the very beginning, the Word already was. This concludes the
0: first part of the message. I hope you found the information helpful in equipping you to share with your Mormon friends the significant differences between Mormonism and biblical teaching. Join Pat next week for part two of Mormonism and Christianity. How wide is the divide? If you missed any part of this message, log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to this message and read Pat's articles on Mormonism. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. Join Pat next week as he Part 2 of this message here on Evidence and Answers.